Welcome to the third season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. This ministry is here to teach you Bible truth. Teaching truth allows you to grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. I sometimes read entire books in the Bible so you can know the story, not just the scripture. I also teach a series about a certain subject, so I want you to invite family and friends. Get your Bibles, grab a pen and paper so you can take notes. Now sit back, relax, and learn Bible truth. Good day, saints. Today is Saturday, April 30th, the year 2022. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D. I truly thank each and every one of you for tuning in today. I, I hope this day finds you and your family well. We have reached episode two of this two-part series entitled, There is Hope for the Dead in Christ. Now, in this final episode, uh, I am going to ruffle some feathers, uh, which I am known for, and I can um, guarantee you, if you knew me, you would know my heart is in the right place. But I do not apologize because I have scripture, holy scripture, the word of God to back up everything I say. So, we ended the last episode talking about when those that are in Christ pass away, they are with him because the word of God says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Now, I am, go I am going to talk about two well-known denominations who teach contrary to what I taught in episode one. And the reason I am sharing this because the Holy Spirit asked me to share it, which means those who he want to hear it, he will guide to this podcast so that they can hear it, so that they can know the truth. Most people, they attend uh, their uh, church denomination, whatever day they go, and they listen to whatever is coming from the pulpit, whether it is written in the Holy Bible or not. And we need to understand this, the Holy Bible is our guide. It is our truth teller. It reveals to us who is teaching the truth and who isn't. So it is very important that we know the truth. So as it relates to where our bodies go and what happens to us when we pass away, these two well-known denominations, and let me tell you, there's a lot of other denominations out there teaching false doctrine, but I chose these two because they are well-known. Now, the first one I am going to talk about, it is a teaching called the doctrine of purgatory. Now, I'm sure you guys have heard about that. And let me make this clear. I am not attempting to defame any person or group. I am only attempting to clarify this verse with reference to being absent from and being present with. Now, with regard to this doctrine of purgatory, my understanding of it is that purgatory is an intermediate place between earth and heaven. If a person is not quite good enough, whatever that means, my God, 
to go directly from earth to heaven. He goes to this intermediate state, his relatives and, and friends and, and the congregational denomination must then pray him out of purgatory and into heaven. Now I am doing everything in me to keep me from laughing really. But let me tell you this, this is a doctrine solely invented by man. Okay. Let me say that again. This is a doctrine that is solely invented by man. Now I don't say, say that to put down anybody because the people who attend these denominations, they mean well, they truly do. But we have a choice either to believe man or to believe what the word of God says. Now, no one can be prayed out of purgatory because according to the Holy Bible, there is no such place. Okay. There is no such place according to the Bible. Now, if one is teaching something, then there should be a basis for what is being taught a basis which is verifiable by some higher authority, which in this case would be the word of God. Now, this doctrine is not in the Bible. It is not in any Bible. I want to be clear. The doctrine of purgatory is not in any Bible. It's not even in the denomination that teaches it, which is Catholicism. The Catholic church teach, teaches this. Now, the danger of this saints is that if people believe that, then they will not uh, focus on or have faith in the finished works of Christ on that cross. And that's the dangers of it. And if that's the case, they are not saved. They are going to go straight to hell. Now, the doctrine, like I said, it's not in the Bible not even in the Bible used by Catholicism that supports this teaching. It's not even there. There is no such place as purgatory or limbo. Sometimes they call it that or limbo. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Now, I, I don't want to linger too long on that because this is clear. There's no need for me to go any deeper. It's clear. The Bible says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. There is no intermediate place and man cannot change this. God is not speaking to people or individual uh, people telling them, Hey, look, um, I'm changing some stuff. I want you to go out there and tell this group of people this and the, and then leave everyone else uh, hanging, hanging. And let me tell you, the Bible also says that God is not the author, meaning the originator of confusion. Wouldn't that confuse people? Doesn't it confuse people today? So if God is not the author of confusion, who is? The devil is. Because the opposite of God and holy is the devil and evil. Yeah. So now there is another teaching called the doctrine of soul sleep. And it's also known as conditional immortality. And this is primarily taught by the Jehovah's Witnesses. Yes, this is taught by the Jehovah's Witnesses, the doctrine of soul sleeping. <laughs> oh boy, I tell you. Now, when a person dies, this is their, their theory. 
according to the Jehovah's Witnesses theory. This is what they are actually teaching their people. When a person dies, his body is dead and his soul goes to sleep. Now, I want that to sink in for a second. And his soul goes to sleep. Now, there is no such teaching in the Bible. If there were a single scripture to indicate that the soul goes to sleep, then it would verify this doctrine. It would verify this, this actual teaching. But there is none, saints. There is none. If it was, I would support it and I would teach it. Rather, there is scripture to the contrary that discredits this theory. The book of Revelation was written by the Apostle John, who also authored the Gospel of, of John and the three epistles accredited to him, which is 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. He was the last of the 12 apostles who actually walked with Jesus on earth during his ministry. In this revelation, he describes a vision he had while on the island of Patmos. This is where he wrote the book of Revelation. Now, where he had been exiled because of his witness and testimony of Jesus. Now, while on this island, John wrote the apocalypse, which, which simply means uh, Revelation saints, describing the vision he had received pertaining to the ministry and person of Jesus Christ. In presenting this vision, saints, John states this. It's in Revelation 1.10. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And uh, let me mention this now for those of you who are listening for the first time. Any scripture that I mentioned throughout this episode, I am quoting from the traditional King James Version. Okay. Now, while John was in this state, his spirit and soul left his body under the, the direction of God. Okay. And he was taken up into heaven where he saw a throne and the one who sat upon that throne, as well as other things relative to the spirit realm. John describes a book with several seals and he tells us about what happened when each of these seals were broken. Then he saw the four riders called the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Now, finally, he saw Jesus take the book and in Revelation 6, 9, he writes this. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar, the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony, which they held. That was Revelation 6, 9. Now, I want you to notice this. John says, souls of them. Now, remember our earthly house now. Remember the body is separate from our souls. John did not say, I saw them. He didn't say, I saw their bodies. He said, I saw the souls of them. Now, a spirit cannot die, saints. Our spirit will never die. And whether we are saved by grace or going to hell, the spirit never dies. It is impossible to slay a soul, okay? Because the soul is associated with the spirit. Now, the only part of the human being that can be killed is his physical body. Now, John did not say that he saw them who had been slain, but rather he saw the souls 
of them who had been slain. Now, Revelation 6, 10, and 11 says this. Now, you guys know the, know the uh, routine. You can pause the tape while you are looking for the scriptures. I will commence the reading because when you come back, we will be on the same page. So Revelation 6, verse 10 says, And they cried with a loud voice. Who? The souls that John saw under the altar. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, doest thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And verse 11 says, and white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Now, John saw the souls of the martyrs of God and they cried. That means that they had to be alive. They had to have life in order to be able to cry out. Uh, are you with me, saints? They had loud voices. They cried and they asked, how long, O Lord? That was a, a question. Now, the Bible says that white robes were given to them. Now, you cannot put a robe on an object that has no shape or form. Okay. Therefore, spirits and souls have shape and form just as God does. Because God is a spirit, according to John 4, 22. I'm sorry, let me correct myself. According to John 4, 24. Now, it was God, who is a spirit, who told Moses on Mount Sinai that no man could see his face and live. That means he must have a face to be seen. Now, we think of spirits, and I'm talking about we as us humans, think of spirits as not having material substance. They do have substance. However, it is a different kind of substance from anything we know or anything about. For example, it's like the, the wavelength on an FM broadcast or transmission. Now, I have uh, given this example before in discussing uh, the differences in, in spirits and in, in, in our body and also uh, the late great apostle Frederick K.C. Price also gave this example in distinguishing the two. So um, FM broadcast, it, it, it's different from an AM broadcast or transmission. It is possible to have two programs, one on FM and the other on AM being broadcast at the same time. It's called a simulcast, okay? Yet it would not be possible to pick up one broadcast on the other frequency. That's what we need to understand. You would either have to pick up the FM broadcast on the FM receiver or the AM broadcast on the AM receiver. Now, spirits have substance, but it is different from the substance of our physical bodies. Okay, saints, I hope you are following me. Now, but it is a substance nonetheless. Now, there is shape and form and, and there is structure, saints. So if John saw the souls, then there would have to have been something for him to see, right? Otherwise, how could he have known that these souls were under the altar? 
He pinpointed a specific location. He did not say in front of the altar or on top of the altar. He said under the altar. He also said that white robes were given to them. He did not just say robes. He said that they were white robes. So there must be color in the spirit realm. Now the soul goes right on living, not sleeping. These souls belong to bodies that had been slain. Let's remember that. They belong to the bodies that were killed and their bodies had had died. Not really died, gone to sleep. The physical body. The souls belong to those bodies that had been killed. Now these souls went right on living. Uh-huh. According to the Bible, they went right on living. They had consciousness. Okay, we always stay in our conscious state even when we die. They had memory, they had voices, and they had form. Okay, the Bible says that when a Christian dies, he goes to sleep. When he goes to sleep, his body is the only part of him that does so. I just said that, saints. His body is the only part of him that goes to sleep. The spirit with its soul, it leaps out of the body through the mouth and goes right on up to the third heaven to be with the heavenly father and the Lord Jesus Christ. An unsaved person's spirit comes right out of the mouth and goes to be with his Lord, the devil in the ground. Now I have heard some well-known ministers say that when they were present in the hospital room with a loved one who was passing away, and when that person passed away, they literally saw the spirit come out of that person's mouth. Yes. They didn't see where it went. They knew this person was saved, but they didn't see where it went. But they saw the spirit come out of the mouth. Yes, they did. There's some, some things that go on in the spirit room, saints, that you guys don't usually think about. But if you know the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, this should not disturb you. It should make you feel okay. You should be comfortable with it. I am. Now, remember 1 Thessalonians 4.14. It says this, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Now, do not misunderstand this to say that they are asleep in Jesus. This, this scripture is talking about the physical body in the ground. If you were buried or if you were cremated, this scripture is talking about the physical body, not the soul. Now, those whom God is going to bring with Jesus are the spirits and souls of all the believers who have physically died. The spirit and souls of the physical body that died is who go with Jesus. Those whose physical bodies have gone to sleep. Okay. The trumpet will sound and God will awaken the sleeping bodies. When he awakens them, they will be reunited with their spirits and souls. This is on the day of the Lord when the, when the Lord appears in the sky. This is when the rapture takes place. Okay, saints, the souls will be made perfect. The physical bodies will be transformed and made like unto the glorious body that Jesus has right now as I, as I speak. Then the body and the soul and the spirit will be joined together again, never again to be separated. All this will take place in an instant, in a moment, at the twinkling of an eye.
That's at the rapture. We will receive brand new. Well, we, our bodies will not be brand new. Our bodies will be made new. Now there is a scientific principle called the indestructibility of matter. We are getting ready to talk about science now. It simply means that matter cannot be, cannot be destroyed. It can change forms. It can go from a solid to a gas to a liquid, but matter never goes out of existence. It's still in the universe. And God knows where every atom, A-T-O-M, not atom, I'm talking about atom and molecule is. God knows where all of that is. All he has to do is clap his hands, snap his fingers, and these atoms and molecules will all come back together. Now, some people have been blown up in, in explosions. They haven't been destroyed, not in the sense of non-existence. God knows where every atom of each person is. He made all matter. People may be dis, disembodied. Uh, they may be um, d disassembled. But God knows where every part is. When Jesus comes back and the trumpet sounds, those bodies that are dead or, or sleep in the ground through the power of God will be brought back together from where they are. Mm -hmm. Now, the only thing that will come up uh, out of the grave are the earthly houses that those people were living in. Now, the, I'm talking about the dead bodies to be reunited with their heavenly house, their spirits and souls to live on the earth. The ultimate destiny of man is to live on the earth. That's why you and I need a body. We won't need a body in heaven. That's why only the spirit and souls go to heaven when someone pass away because you don't need an earthly body to live in heaven because heaven is where the spirit realm is. Yes, we Christians will live on this earth again. The earth will be, let's say, renovated by fire and, and made like brand new. Now, this is a beautiful world, saints. It really is. It's a beautiful earth. Now, when God um, has gotten rid of or um, all the mistakes and all the destruction and pollution that man has created on this planet, it will once again be a wonderful place to live. Yes, it will. I can visualize it now. Later on in the book of Revelation, John talks about the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. So I, I have a question. Where will, where will it come down to? It will come down to earth. In Revelation 21, 5, God says, behold, I make all things new. Now, he did not say that he would make all new things. I talked about that a few seconds ago. He said, I, be, I make all things new. Now, in doing that, God called it a new heaven and a new earth in the book of Revelation. But when he finishes with this earth, it is going to be restored to the state of God of the Garden of Eden. Remember, the Garden of Eden is known to be beautiful until the fall of man. You know, it's going to go back to the state of the Garden of Eden as it was before man destroyed it. Now, 1 Thessalonians 4.15 says this, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. 
Mm. Now, in the King James Version, this verse, this word says prevent, but the modern English meaning, meaning depending on which version you have uh, of this word, it means precede. So we shall not precede those who are asleep in Christ. Okay. Now this scripture reveals that man is not going to completely destroy himself from off the planet because the Bible indicates that there will still be people alive living on earth when Christ returns. So I want you to go to first Thessalonians four sixteen and 17. And I am reading for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And verse 17 says, then we, which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. That is with, with the dead in Christ who, who have already been risen in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever, or whichever version you have forever be with the Lord. That's called eternal life. The, the eternal life is only given to those in Christ saints. Now I want you to notice that this verse tells us that we are going to meet the Lord in the clouds, but it does not say that we are going to go up into the clouds and back to heaven with him. It simply says that we will go up and meet him and that we will ever be with him, Jesus. It does not say where the Lord is going to be and it doesn't make any difference. The important thing is that wherever the Lord is, we are going to be with him. Now there's something I want to point out about the clouds spoken of in this scriptures. Now the clouds in this scripture are not cerecumulus clouds. The kind of clouds we see when, when we look up into the sky every day is not talking about these everyday clouds. Now, meteorologist tells us about all the different kinds of clouds in our atmosphere. However, the Bible is not talking about clouds like that. It is talking about the, the glory cloud. It is talking about the cloud of the Shekinah glory of God. It is talking about the same cloud that filled the temple when Solomon dedicated it and the priest could not stand to minister, but fell to the ground because, because of the cloud which filled the sanctuary. Now it is the same cloud, which the children of Israel called a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day, which led them through the wilderness. Now this is the same cloud which came down on the Mount of Olives and took Jesus away as he stepped onto it. No one, including Jesus, could step on a, a physical cloud. He would go right through it. Now, they have people who have flown through clouds on airplanes. Now, I know that no one can stand on a cloud, but one can stand on the cloud of the glory of God. It has substance. It is the very power of the living God. Now that is why Jesus could stand on that cloud. Now, when he left the Mount of Olives, Jesus had a physical body, a physical brand new body, like the ones we're going to have. Now we are not going to be caught up in the, the Sarah cumulus clouds, the regular clouds. 
we are going to be caught up into the glory cloud, the Shekinah glory of God. That's what is going to cause the dead to be able to rise. The cloud of God is so strong, saints. It's so powerful. It overshadows gravity. Now, 1 Thessalonians 4.18 says this, Wherefore, comfort, meaning uh, uh, exhort or lift one another up with these words, my Lord. While the Lord wants us to comfort one another with the fact that we will forever be with him, his word also cautions us. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 1 and 2, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. No man knows the day or the hour of the rapture. Now the point being emphasized here is that the thief does not send the homeowner a telegram notifying him or announcing the time of his arrival. Because if he did, the homeowner would be, you know, would be there to stop him from breaking in his house. In the same way, Jesus is not going to announce to his enemy, Satan, the time and hour of his arrival on planet earth. He tells us his followers, the believers in the true Messiah, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to stay ready to watch because no one knows the day or the hour when he will appear. Now, there have been people down through the ages, and I've spoke about this in, in uh, previous episodes who have said that they have received the revelation of how, uh, uh, or of how they can figure out the day and the time when Jesus will return. These are fools. F O O L S. That's who they are. And the people who have listened to them down throughout the ages have been fools right along with them. Cause that day and time passed and Jesus had not returned. You know why? Because Jesus said, no man knows the day or the hour. Jesus said that, only the father knows and that there is no way he is going to tell us. Jesus isn't going to tell us. All he is going to do is let us know the signs of the times because man is by nature a procrastinator. Uh-huh. If people knew the exact day and time, a multitude would wait until the last minute to get saved. A multitude of people will wait until the last minute to come to Christ. They'll just be living it up. Then, of course, they wouldn't be getting saved because they truly love the Lord or because they appreciated the fact that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to save mankind from destruction. Uh-uh. They would be doing it to escape destruction. And the Bible says that Jesus will come as a thief in the night. That's in 2 Peter 3.10 if you want to read it. And that means that we have to stay ready by living a holy, separate life, separate from the world, saints, unto the Lord, if we want to be among those who will meet him in the air during the rapture, if we are still living when the rapture happens. Because the Bible is clear. It says that people will still be living on earth when it takes place. Now, saints, that is the end of this episode. And you can play it for those who um, are uh, Catholics so that they can know there is no such thing as purgatory. You won't find it in any Bible, not even the Bible that the Catholics use. They use the same Bible we do. 
except they kept the apocryphers in the Bible. The apocryphers are scriptures that were removed by the scholars from the Bible simply because they couldn't confirm who the writer was. But I have every last one of the apocryphers. I have them individually. The books, I've read them. I've read from them and taught from them, but it's not even in there. So we have to watch what what doctrine we listen to, saints, especially when it, it, it is related to our salvation and where our body goes when it lead or either where our spirit goes, when it leaves our body and where our physical body goes. It goes back to the ground. It turns to dust. You know, uh, in case some of you guys or uh, uh, loved ones have been buried and after a certain amount of time, the, the body decomposes and it turns it into a skeletal state. So saints, I'm, I'm just saying you guys need to be careful what you listen to. If your faith is in people praying you out of the ground into heaven, I'm trying to figure out, uh, what good enough means because none of us are good enough. That's why we needed a savior. We have to rely on the righteousness of Christ, the finished works. And I'm talking about the perfect finished works of Christ. We are saved by grace through faith and not of works. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So you can't brag on how good you are. It is the gift of God that saves us. And that gift is his grace. And grace is a person. It came in the person of the Lord Jesus, the Christ. And the Bible from Genesis chapter three, verses 14 and 15, all the way to the end of Revelation is about Jesus. It's about Jesus. So saints, I hope you enjoyed this lesson. Uh, I will see you next week with a, a new episode. It's going to be, um, just one episode and it's going to be related to why it doesn't matter how nice you are. Doesn't matter if grandma Sue or grandma Betty was the nicest person on earth, but if they had not accepted Christ before they died, Unfortunately, they are not in heaven and they cannot be prayed out of the ground. And I'm going to show you some scriptures to support what I'm saying. So you can't be too nice. There's no such thing as is a person going to heaven because they are nice. Uh-huh. You have to stop trying to understand this word with your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. We need to trust God at his word. I'm trying to figure out why it's so difficult for you to accept Christ. You, you, you know, there's liberty in Christ. You are free. It's just that you have to be born again. Things that you used to want to do, you're not going to want to do any, anymore. So if you don't want to do it anymore, how can you miss it? You will be shocked at what I used to do. And some things just need to be kept quiet. You will be shocked at the person I, I used to be. But then again, no, because every man is a sinner. And that's why Jesus said we must be born again. We got to be born again. And the only way you can be born again, saints, is by accepting Christ as Lord and Savior. So I need you to stand by for an invitation to accept Christ and information on how you can contact the ministry. Contact me directly or if uh, how you can sow a seed. You know, you God blesses those who sow a seed into good ground. But if you sow a seed into a ministry that's not teaching truth, and not telling you truth. I'm trying to figure out how you're going to be blessed by it. So until next time, saints, uh, I pray for your healing. Pray for me. I pray for your deliverance. 
I pray that God continues to protect you and your family and anyone you encounter. It doesn't matter who they are or how they look, their status or whatever situation they are in. You treat them with compassion, dignity, and respect. And when that opportunity opens up, you need to share Christ because everyone on this planet needs the Savior. Peace out. If you have yet to accept the risen Savior, also known as the Messiah, today is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised to you. God has made his redemption plan very simple. You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to do backflips. God has leveled the ground so that everyone can come to Christ and be saved for an eternity from the wrath that's coming. All you have to do is follow Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 and you can also include 11. But be sincere about this. Verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will, not might, you will be saved. And verse 10 says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And if you would like to include verse 11, it says, For the scripture says, Whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Joining a denomination doesn't save you. Jesus does. Joining a religion doesn't save you, saints. Jesus does. Acts 4.12 says, Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And that name is Jesus. And man can't change this. Join a faith-based teaching church so you can grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. Now, the Christian walk is a faith walk. And the Bible says, the just, meaning the justified in Christ, shall live by faith. Romans 10:17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not the word of man. So in order for you to grow in faith, saints, you must hear the word of God in its entirety. Now, after salvation, you may ask, now what? I tell you, you should be baptized. Water baptism is symbolic to the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus the Christ. Now, being baptized is how we identify with the risen Christ. It is not for salvation. And man nor his religion can change that fact. Man doesn't have a heaven to put you in or a hell to send you to. Now, the plan to redeem man from his sins wasn't created by man. It is all the work of God. After the fall of man in Genesis, God immediately stated his redemption plan in Genesis chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. So saints, I want you to stand by for information on how you can contact the ministry. Peace out.
hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this message, you can contact us by emailing talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. If you would like to sow a seed in this growing ministry, you may access the front page on the podcast you are listening to and click on the support button. Or you can cash out the ministry at dollar sign Dr. Kamala D. That is at dollar sign capital D lowercase r capital C lowercase a m a l e capital D and donate any amount. And remember, God loves a cheerful giver, and so do we. So until next time, believers, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not the word of man. We walk by faith and not by what we see. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D., serving you with Christ Jesus, our Lord, in peace and love. I thank each of you for tuning in, and I hope to hear from you soon. Peace out. Still stand